Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Jamie Flynn and today I'm joined by Michael Gannon and Graham Young. On the pod today, we reflect on Brendan's comments on Armstrong Okoflex. Another one who could be in line for a start is Filip Benkovic, who played 90 minutes for his international side. We have a look at Celtic's Europa League opponents as it kicks off a week today. And Scott Brown is in line for a new contract. We discussed that. All right, gents. Um, Celtic's transfer window seen a few bizarre transfers um, and a few that were quite uninspiring. One in which, for me, was Armstrong Okoflex. He was sort of announced towards the end of the window. I think it was actually maybe the day after, even though he'd been there. He'd been there for about a month. He'd been there for, <laughs> yeah. been there for a month. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Brendan Rodgers came out midweek and he says, you know, he could be in line for a start. He's impressed with him. He's, he's, he's got a challenge to make the transition, but he likes what he sees so far. Graham, what do you what do you make of this, and how do you compare it to his comments on Daniel Arzani, which he wasn't so flattering about? Well, I think that's quite an interesting point. Uh, mentioning Arzani, obviously heralded young player coming in to make a big difference, not to someone who maybe somewhat Charlie Masonda, mm. uh, but comments to Chris Davis were uninspiring to say the least. I yeah. think he's going to have to bide his time to make an impact to Celtic. Boy Armstrong, Okaflex, obviously. I think at the time Arsenal, there's a couple of guys that really focus on Arsenal's youth team. Uh, Spoke very highly of him. A couple of other players who left when Emery took over, maybe Wenger, maybe the higher opinion of some guys. He's only 16, very talented midfielder attacking. I think there's obviously a lot of potential, but if Brendan Rodgers rates him, look at someone last year that Kundai Benya that came in, mm. did okay to start, but never looked like he didn't really make the grade at Celtic. If I was training with the first team, getting opportunities, I think it's reason to be excited. And I think the player himself speaks, he's pretty confident. He's, he's highlighted Raheem Sterling, who made an instant impact mm. at Liverpool under Rodgers so could be a talent could be something to get excited about and I think that's always good at a team like Celtic when you get these young players if they've got potential to get a chance to play then why not? Mick, just before we move on to Okoflex did you think the comments with about Arzani were a bit unfair or a bit unusual given that he did play in the World Cup? You know, I think the Arzani one, I think it was unfortunate for the lad that he was caught up in the, the politics of the transfer window Yeah, and there was a lot of, kind of chicanery going on between Manager board and uh, listen, we're accusing the media of overplaying these things. <laughs> but listen, the manager was not happy with the way the window was unfolding. Uh, Arzani Celtic would have taken this lad if the chance came to get him every day of the week, and mm. so would and so would Brendan Rodgers. But it just so happened that it came in that the during that week when he he was becoming more vocal and public about his um, discontent with the window was going. So therefore, I think a couple of the comments were a wee bit barbed on Arzani. Maybe slightly unfairly on the lad because I think he has got pedigree. Everyone, I mean, we don't listen. We haven't seen much of him. We saw him little cameos at the World Cup. Um, Still the World Cup. Well, listen, listen. See, I hate that argument though. No, see, that's, he played at the World Cup. No, so did the Saudi, so the Saudi Arabia goalkeeper. He's forty-five. Doesn't mean you go and buy him. But when you're but nineteen, uh, going to play. Yeah, listen. I take it. I take your point. But listen, the World Cup is World Cup. I mean, the, 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 the Egyptian. Sorry, the Egyptian goalkeeper was forty-five. Doesn't mean you buy him because he played at the World Cup. Um, but listen, he's he's a guy who everyone seems to read about. Um, a few of the guys in Australia um, 
the same kind of production line as like Tom Rogic. They say this kid's got ability, and I think I think he might be uh, a decent player. But don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, that's from Arsenal, 16. I don't think we'll see much on this year. Let's be honest. I mean, I think it's okay talking them up. Um, Celtic done a good job probably selling the club to them mm. to come up here. Um, it might get a wee taste. I would suspect it'd be down the line. I wouldn't see. I wouldn't imagine seeing them anytime soon. Just a wee bit surprised that talking back to Arzani. A wee bit surprised he's not in the uh, Europa League squad. Announced like the other week. Um, I think they can bring in players on a certain criteria, certain age, and all that stuff. And there's a bit of kind of movement that can happen along the way. But I, I thought maybe he'd be in, in that list. Might take him a bit of time as well to break through. But he's 19. You think he'll be seen? He's got a two-year loan deal, which sounds like a long time, but he's here to to progress. You would think. Um, so we'll wait and see how that unfolds. But I think it's just unfortunate his arrival came at a time when there was a little bit of funny games going on between manager and board and was getting done and not done so we'll see and I think that's a good point you make there about really <laughs> I know exactly. I need to edit that one out <laughs> <laughs> it's written down <laughs> I think that almost kind of hinders them for playing before Christmas because you imagine if they played away Hamilton in a few weeks time scores a couple of goals played really well you can't then he's not by playing him and then he's not been able to play in the Europa League it's really tough so yeah. it's probably after Christmas job until we the one thing it, it depends if he can class him as a, as a category B player that they're technically home if under certain ages and all that stuff there is yeah. ways around this uh-huh. if okay. they're a certain age and they're classed as a kind of developmental player you can part but okay. it depends how they're classified so you can bring in these boys okay. um, but the one thing so that seems to the one thing that seems to you know increase the reputation of Celtic players is is no playing and you know, if bubble modification, I yeah, and yeah, and if James Forrest starts to have a bad run, people will be looking at Alzani going, "But why is he not playing? He's uh, a uh, he's a prospect." You know, it's definitely a, it's definitely a thing. It's Celtic. It's the bubble modification of players. I mean, if I had it in the summer. I mean, did it by Atta would have been chased out the door last April. I mean, it's I, quite I, a remarkable turnaround. He, isn't he it? spends a fortnight in the beach after the World Cup and becomes. I think he's Frankie Baresi. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if nine million pound offer came in for for Bridget Boyata in June, it'd have been folk the pat on the back, wish them all the best. But because of the, the way the window unfolded, he became he became Franz Beckenbauer overnight, and then. Um, D- but listen, he's come back and he well played, I, he played well. So he's played well. Yeah. Just on Graham on the on the centre back positions, Benkovic played um, midweek there. Do you do you think there's a do you think there's a place for him? Do you think there's a starting berth for him? Yes, I think by all accounts, again, players this good or that good. I think this is a real genuine talent. Mm. Uh, player Celtic looked at for a couple of years. We weren't able to get him look at the price, thirteen million. That's what Leicester can pay. Harry Maguire obviously stayed on. Uh, they've got a couple of good options at centre back, so Celtic have been able to get him. But I think it appears to be a player of genuine quality and Celtic need that in Europa League. You looked at the Athens game, and oh boy I didn't play. But something that Rogers has liked uh, recently is a three five two. Yeah. And that probably helps him that right back Lustig maybe is not the player he once was. Gamboa's up and down or it's a defensive liability yeah. at times so the three at the back you'd guaranteed Ayer's got to play Boyat as well and Benkovic could be that third player he's made of a bit of pace power about him that lets you maybe play Forrest Tierney and you can fudge in midfield maybe a player like Malumbu can play with and Chaman Brown a bit tighter McGregor on the left suddenly you've got a team that's a bit more compact made to play away in Europe maybe um, I wonder I mean he's, he's Another guy, he's here, to, he's here in Scotland to play, hasn't he? I mean, he's a £13 million pound signing for Leicester. Um, Celtic could have had him last year. Yeah. Um, it was interesting in him last year. Um, coincidentally. 
I just don't know if it, 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 it's Benkovich, but maybe he actually helped someone like like Joseph Simonovich get him out his little funk that he seems to have fallen to the last kind of twelve months. I mean, Joseph's um, you call it a funk, but you know, since the Rangers game, he's I'd go back, I'd go back months, further. months ago. I'd go back to you further. He, he, the qualifiers last year, I don't, yeah. I don't think he impressed the the coaching staff with um, his reluctance to play in, in some of these pitches. And I think it was a stanner. Yeah. Basically, he used to try basically, avoid the plastic basically pitches, refused to he? play in a stanner. Yeah. Um, and he was told that he needed to and refused to play. Um, I think it, they don't end up. Uh, I think it was Ayer was chucked in at centre half that night. Um, yeah, and Beaton. Um, and he refused to play. It turned into a night that should have been a, a, an easy night. It turned into a pretty stressful night. And I think, I, I think that set him back a long way in terms of the, the management. I think I think they weren't too impressed. Never really recovered from that. And then he came back in. Like I say, he came back in the Rangers game. It seemed to be his last chance to win for him. But I just don't know if it, I mean, the two of them seemed pretty close. We saw him at Leinster before the break, kicking about on um, another one. It was announced long after he was in the building. Um, <laughs> but it was the two of them were kicking about, looking quite chummy. So you don't know, maybe maybe you can maybe bring him out and, and get the best out of him. I don't know. Where does this slot in, though? That's, that's the thing. Rogers has said that Boyata and I are his first, is his first, his best centre-back pair. Um, does he play right, so like to say right side of a three? I don't know. Um, Boyata... I don't know. I mean, this next it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, he's come back and he's been terrific. And his attitude's been spot on. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how that unfolds, getting yeah. towards the January window. Um, plus, listen, Derek Boyata hasn't had the best injury record over the years. He's no. not. He's not played a full season in uh, fitness free. Um, so there will be opportunities, I imagine. And, and let's be honest, he's, he's run out of contract. He's not really going to put his body through the line when it's, if there's a chance in January to go anywhere. So uh, you will get chances there to, for him to play. Um, in the middle of, right in the middle of the defence where he wants to play. Do you think there's a chance? But I could pay in a new deal, or is it too late for that now? It's just I, don't, a case. I don't. I don't. I would doubt it. I would doubt it. It depends on the season. He's still got to play well to get a move. Not a deal to move, but just a deal for Celtic. Do you think? I, don't, I would. I would doubt it. I think there's too much water on the bridge now for that one. Um, but then I, 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 it's, it's got old ground. I think Celtic should have cashed in when they had the chance. Um, it's just back planning, isn't it? It was. It was I mean, he should have went to the World Cup with a first sale sign. He's back. Let's be yeah. honest. If he doesn't sign a contract for the World Cup, but you know what he's going. To, his plans are. Is if he's assessing his options, you have to then go out and have a, a replacement. But listen, it's all, everyone knows that Celtic had three or four potential replacements lined up for the Champions League campaign. Even before, I, I think even before that, because it, everyone knew Celtic knew that Bayata was going to be at the World Cup and Lustig. They knew they were going to be. The World Cup didn't creep up on them. It wasn't like a shock. World Cup was announced, um, like a, like one of these secret cinema jobs. I mean, it was always there for never eight years, and yet Celtic acted as though this thing and just kept up behind them and tapped them on the shoulder, and it cost them in the end because it was, um, they couldn't sell them until uh, the qualifiers were over. Um, I mean, it's a high value backline we've got now. You know, when often think when you hear Celtic, especially when the manager comes out and says. We can't compete with the, the buying power of these teams. We, we don't have to now because we've got Boyata, which is nine million. Somebody wants to pay for him, Benkovic, which is thirteen but, million. Uh, Twenty million wouldn't get you tierney. This is this is a quality back line. That's not argument collapsed in Athens. I mean, the the, the, the thing about um, I, I don't get the argument either. If if, if Boyata played Celtic with like one um, in Athens, survived in I Athens. Agree with that. I don't. I, that, there's no evidence to suggest that's be the case. Mm. I mean, um, Boyata when he get back through the, some of the European qualifiers, he's played in plenty. They didn't. They didn't win. Um, and plenty of European games that went badly, so that's no. I don't think that's an argument. Plus, you had Simonovic and, and Henry. It's five million pound off the centre halves. Yeah, I think centre half didn't cost five million quid. Do you I see mean, a Do you see a way back in the team for Henry now that Benkovic has pitched up? I think well, you mentioned that, that that three that three four kind of three role or three three five two. You could suit that. Play. He has been playing the right side of that. Yeah. 
I did at the start of the qualifiers, and I think maybe that's maybe, maybe a role for him. Um, Do you think he's a bit out of his depth, though? I mean, just as a supporter, I, I watch him. I think he's, he struggles a bit, especially at the, the European qualifier level. I think he's. I think he's been lobbed in way too too soon. For I think. I think. He became. I mean, he had to play a major role in the qualifiers, and I don't think he's ready for that mm. at all. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think it's a little bit unfair. The criticism he's had. I think he's been slaughtered. I mean, fans have written him off completely. And, yeah. Um, and I can understand why. Because there's a lot of rawness in his game. I mean, there's another problem with the Athens home game. I think um, in the first maybe half first hour, um, Tierney was was, was absolutely terrorising the fullback in the far side. But he also had to, to make 80-yard runs three times in the first half yeah. to bail out misplaced passes from, from Henry. And then by an hour, Tierney was on his knees. Couldn't, mm-hmm. couldn't get forward. He was absolutely shattered. So the knock-on effect was, was actually probably cost Celtic the game. Because he couldn't keep that intensity up in the second half. And lost a goal. And Just to mention the one, probably the one centre-back in Scotland <coughs> Celtic haven't been linked with. But I thought it was telling the other night watching someone like John Souter who come through at United. He was a passing centre-half. You can see the physicality in these games. Very strong. Henry's a player that's not at that level yet. Even someone that John Suter to play for Scotland, I think, and at that level, then you put it towards Celtic boy at Ayer. They're just ahead of Henry as a player. And I think for him, it gives the ball away too much. I don't think he's ready for prime time. So it's no, he's, well, he's got. He had, you look at him; he's got the height, the pace, good in the ball. You think he's got attributes? Needs to be better defensively, and and I think potentially better on the ball coming out. I think he takes too many risks at times, but. He's a work in progress, but he's been put into a kind of key role early on. So it might maybe a bit of a backward step might might help him in the long run. Um but it remains to be seen whether or not he's going to be a major Celtic player in the future. I don't I think it's still due as well until he's still out now. Did he make the Europa League squad? I presume he did. Yeah, yeah. He, did, he did. Um and just before we move on to the Europa League we might and we're discussing centre backs, we might as well discuss mystery man Marvin Comper, who somehow managed to survive the window. Um despite there being a breadth of talent there. Would he would he, would he see any future at all for him? In I, any shape or form, do you know? Actually, <laughs> I think listen, we're all, we're, I do seem to be obsessed about Gavin Comper, right? I, I don't listen. He was brought in for it turns out it didn't cost any, he has decent wages, but it didn't cost any, any transfer fee. Um, and it hasn't worked, he's turned up. And I think uh, hearing what I hear behind the scenes that from day one, from day one in training, <laughs> it wasn't all that impressive, Aye. put it that way. Um, arrived with a, a decent CV, thought he could do a, a, do a job as that kind of mature. Experienced centre half, but he turned up and clearly not fit. Didn't impress in training, and I think it's been written off as a as Who, a whose move. idea? Whose idea was it? Because well, it's, it's Lee Congleton's uh, contacts in Germany. That came through through the, the, the head of recruitment, who was the one in the firing line this summer. Um, but listen, it didn't work. And listen, millions of signs that don't work like that. Aye. Uh, I mean, see if you go back. I, mean, I, I think back looks at some of the people talking about look at the John Park era as, as the great year of Stephen Maloko and all that, these guys millions of guys that came and came and went I would be more critical of the, the Kowasi transfer yes I mean yeah. Kowasi cost three million pounds a guy who's came with, with as if he's going to be this this big star and he's barely kicked a ball and I think that transfer more than Marvin Compeer is one that should be looked at the, the Kowasi Compeer is, is the same because at a time when they needed centre halves and this guy arrived and no one's seen him since yeah. it was 80 minutes he's played just, just on Kowasi there you're, I think the word to sum up Kowasi is quite uh, it's erratic he plays him one week against Hearts plays him against Zenit I don't think he's that bad a player I don't think he's that bad a player I think people laugh that what sometimes I've been bigging him up when others maybe don't see his qualities mm-hmm. but the Zenit game you could see he had a real purpose. He pressed high, and he's he's good in the tackle. Let's 
better than someone saying Cham who's good as he is yeah. he can wriggle the ball away he was playing high pressing the next week he plays away then he's terrible the whole team's terrible it's a classic Celtic away performance <laughs> in Europe and that's it he doesn't play for six months I don't think the Hearts game the one night Castle this season yeah. abysmal he was the worst player again he was terrible he was passing so bad at times but I genuinely believe he's one of these players who I'm not saying he's got to become world class, but maybe like a Jackson Irvine type player who, when he leaves Celtic, does better than you think. Yeah. I don't think he's a complete dud, but just it's obviously not working. He doesn't quite fit that defensive midfield role that Brown plays. Everyone says he's a Brown replacement. Yeah. He could never do that. He's not. That was the, I think I'm pretty sure that came for Brendan. No, because yeah. uh, listen, I was asked about it last year on several occasions about him, and he, he, he said, "Listen, this is the, the long term replacement for for Scott Brown." But there's no evidence to suggest that that's that's no. going to happen at any point in time. Um, let's be honest it, it looks like it's I mean now how long has he been there for now he's been there a, a couple of long time yeah. and still not made any any impact at all and I said the last appearance at Tynecastle was pretty pretty abysmal and listen, I get it it's hard for the kid to come in every so often and, and make an impression um, but at some point it has to at some point, you come, yeah. at some point you've got to come in and go do you know what that, that kid's got it and give her on the team because um, Rogers, listen Rogers doesn't stand in ceremony he'll, he'll drop players that aren't performing and he'll play people who are Listen, he's seen it when he he's kind of cast aside Scott Sinclair quite quite um, yeah. brutally, having hung his hat on him for the season. Um, okay, he wasn't great last year, still top scorer. And then at the start of the season, he was told he was the main man again. Hardly seen him as a, as a starter. So he's, he's, he's ruthless when it comes to picking his team. I don't, has to be. I don't think you can doubt now that Celtic do need a replacement for Brown. He's certainly winding down. Um, part of me thinks that Malumbu coming in will maybe help Scott play less football this year. But there was talk this week or today that uh, Brown's on the verge of a new contract. How much longer do you think Scott Brown's getting on playing regularly for Celtic? Listen, it, looks, it looks as, as fit now as he's been. Mm. Um, I think, I think Scott. I think he's never one hundred percent fit. I mean, he's play. You know, they'll say that himself. He, he, he plays through most weeks in, in a, some degree of pain. Um, but I don't see. It. I mean, the role he plays now, it's not called for big bursts and runs of pace and all that stuff. I mean, he can kind of plays at walking pace sometimes. He's, he's so good at reading the game. Is that, that classical centre midfield thirty-five or thirty-three-year-old centre midfield player? So I think he had a couple of seasons at him. I'm not surprised he's got a new contract. In fact, I would. I would imagine his next contract they might start looking at more, even more. Co- he's done a bit of coaching behind the scenes. Do you I think that's the future for Scott Brown? I think, I think so. I think I can see that. I mean, he seems he seems quite content. He's such a big presence at the club as well. Um, I, I mean, I think Brendan Rodgers. It's been one of his first things he ever did. First thing as manager was get him on board. Yeah. Because um, you, you, you have two choices with that kind of character. You either make him your best pal or take him at the back and put a boat gun through him. <laughs> And he, he chose the former. Um, maybe not the best. But you know what I mean? No, that's what you can do with these guys. You can either get them at the door or you can uh, get them on board. They take them on board and he's and he's been rewarded for it. Graham Scott Brown, he's getting better with age. Yeah, he's brilliant. He, he really is a fantastic player. And I think we'll touch on the Europa League soon, but this to me will be... Scott Brown's kind of not masterpiece, but you see his, his qualities. He mm. was in big games. I think Rangers was a good example the other week. Rangers much improved. They're of a level, perhaps Rosenberg with a better team in Rosenberg, but maybe just round about Salzburg. Celtic dominated that game. I think this is a group where they look to do that. And I think Scott Brown gets another chance to show his qualities. This is the type of games, and he's still fantastic. He's still he's not played a bad big game for Celtic in a no. long, long time. Uh, everyone plays better when he plays well. I, could, I think he'll, if Celtic get the chance to go for 10 he'll be playing until then and then he'll probably assess it from there on afterwards but 
still one of the best players in Scottish football. Absolutely, absolutely agree, absolutely agree. Um, Europa League, you mentioned that, that kicks off a week today as we uh-huh. record this, um, or is it a week tomorrow? On a, week tomorrow a week tomorrow, a week tomorrow. Celtic, I've got the group with uh, both Red Bulls, Leipzig and Salzburg, and uh, Rosenberg, who I think we've played now six times in two years. Um, would he, would he, how do you face Celtic's chances in a group like that? Uh, I think they've got a good chance. I think Leipzig, by all accounts, aren't the team they were a couple of years ago. Still got Forsberg um, and Timo Werner as well, two really good players. But Keita was obviously a massive player for them. Their results have been a bit scatty. I think since March onwards, they haven't won more than two games in a row. Struggling at times to kind of get a run together. So I don't think it's like maybe coming up against a really good Dortmund team or a Bayern Munich. It's definitely a level before that. Schalke finished above them as well last season. So I think the real opportunity. Salzburg a team who, similar to Celtic, maybe dominate their league most years. The guys like Soriano and Manny and all these players, I don't think it's the same quality of team that was before. And Rosenberg Celtic are proven time again they're a better team. But the away game will be very important against mm. Rosenberg because they won the last year and the draw this year. They can't. They need six points. That's a guaranteed. You need to take the six points off Rosenberg because they're easily beatable. Yeah, I think I think it's a decent enough group. Um, Rosenberg, I don't think it will cause any problems. I think I think Rosenberg are limited at best. I've been there more times than I've been to Everness in the last <laughs> year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, say, I don't think there'll be a problem uh, Rosenberg. Listen, uh, it, it won't be a walk in the park, but they're not, they're not great. Um, Salzburg and Leipzig, like you say, Leipzig, I think, are toiling bottom half of the league in, in Germany so far. Um, they'll be decent, but listen, the German sides will be decent anyway. Um, but I think it's between the A3 to get the two qualifying places. Mm. Um, Definitely, no guarantees they'll, they'll finish top top two, but I think those three will be, be fighting out for the places. But there's no reason why they can't get through the group. Not, I don't see. How, how do you think Celtic fit in a group like that? Do you think that's maybe more their level than the, the Champions yeah, League? Totally, the Europa League is kind of is viewed slightly kind of um, kind of maligned by some people. And like you see, we've seen European campaign of Celtic fans is not born time up for Europa League games. Yeah. Top tier getting shut and all that stuff, just not interested. But it's a it's a decent competition, and it's probably where Celtic are at this point in time. I mean. Don't forget, if they did win it, they'd be in the group stage, well, take away the whole. Yeah. And I know that's obviously miles away, but it's, it's a real tournament, it's there to compete. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I but mean, uh, the English teams take it seriously, Man U, Chelsea, yep. you know, all these well, Seville, they all Burnley, absolutely. Burnley was a good example, a team that tried, but ultimately the effort of trying to make it all the way through. But imagine Burnley going all the way and getting there, it's a tournament uh, there, but a massive prize at the end of it. You're so right, there is a bit of snobbery about it. Yeah. There is, but I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, Celtic get to Champions League, and getting there is a, is a good achievement. But Celtic, like all the Champions Route teams, once they get there, they get splattered across the walls. <laughs> <laughs> the Champions Route, I mean, I'm surprised it's not being bolted shut. I mean, they still obviously lost a place. I think four teams get into the Champions League through that route, rather than five. I'm surprised they still get four. Because these teams go there every year. I think, I went through it year on year. I do it every year. <laughs> as a kind of torturous um, <laughs> um, stats job. But the amount of results, I mean, think four times in, in ten years that teams are qualified beyond the group stages from that Champions route mm. and they get splattered 8-0, 7-0, 6-0 it's, at some point that becomes not much fun Yeah. whereas the Europa League is going to be more competitive uh, for a start I think this year maybe one more year of Champions League been for Celtic but I think it was getting to that point where say Celtic haven't played Real Madrid in a long time right if they say they get Real Madrid in the group everyone would love that it's yeah. different for Barcelona but then you lose 7-0 or 6-0 or 5-0 it becomes quickly I think Celtic were very close to that point anyway with these games at a good level and that's exciting bit for Celtic because this should be a group I'm not saying they will but they should imagine they get 15 or 16 points 5 wins in a draw yeah. it's not impossible it'd be a big ask it would mean bringing back that home 
big night Parkhead winning the games go away and show a bit of something as I well I think there's a bit of work for the fans to do to get behind the team in this because like you say we seem to be me, me as well I'll admit it you know you look forward to the Champions League and then you completely forget that there's these five and six and seven nils, but you still want yeah. to do it rather than you look at that and go, we might win that, but it doesn't turn me on as much. I'm not interested yeah. as much. I suppose there is that there is that kind of crack on the air of anticipation, excitement when you get when teams like Bayern Munich and PSG come because there's that kind of mentality. But what if they give them a dull one like Barcelona a couple of years ago? What if they beat they beat this mob and what? If, but the reality when it's, it usually dawns quite quickly. Yeah, yeah it does say. <laughs> Especially these days. <laughs> the interesting thing about that as well, the Manchester City game would be a good example where I don't think many people could see that coming City. That was just when Guardiola came in the door. But this was the norm. Well, Under a kneel and strike. Yeah. 10, 10 the bounce exactly. They were, they it was, looked, um, there was a bit of fear in the air, Obviously, yeah. after losing to Barcelona. But that's, again, that returned as well. The bad result against PSG, the Barcelona away game, PSG away as well. But Celtic used to get big results at home in Europe that was the non they would very rarely lose or even yeah, draw the, game, the games the games the you know, that's the point and that's what I mean it's a different world the up of European football 100% it's completely changed the last, even the last five years I think it's, but it's I think that's the point of the Europa League I think that's what offers again gets back to Celtic under the lights winning games yeah. they're not going to do it against Barcelona or PSG but, but that feeling of being the yeah, team that was but it's harder and harder because Celtic now are now trying to get to the Champions League and compete in the Champions League with the budget of Derby County Mm. Would you expect Derby County to get, even get to the Europa League group stages? Of course you wouldn't. But that's what Celtic's, that's what Celtic's expectation is. The fans expect Celtic to go to the Champions League and compete. But the reality is they've got Derby County's budget. That's as brutal as it sounds. Yeah. Um, so the Europa League is, is a slightly more maybe comfortable environment. But it doesn't make it any, it's not any easier either. Um, so, so if I was to if I was to nail you down and ask you for a prediction on whether or not you think Celtic could get out of the group before it even kicks off, what would you think? I think they'll get out of the group. I think Celtic will... I think they could win their home games. I think they can win their home games and, and beat. I think they'll maybe maybe win two or three at home. Maybe draw another one and, and pick up a win in, in Norway. I think I think ten points. Maybe I think is is achievable. I'll go for eleven points. Uh, one more draw away from home. And you think they'll get out of the group with that? I, oh, definitely. I just as well. We've not got the two Red Bull teams playing the last game of the, the campaign. Exactly. No, what can be, go wrong? There'd um, be all kinds of uproar if that happened. Yeah, so the Celtic play against uh, Salzburg in the, in the last game of the campaign, thankfully. So we'll avoid the kind of Austria Germany 82 World Cup. Um, <laughs> two teams needing the same results to get to get through uh, with the Red Bull team. Um, before all that kicks off, obviously, it's back to league action against St Mirren with our new manager. Um, I, I mean, you know, well, there was two Celtics very much that played last year. Um, they turned up for the big games, and then in the run of the mill games, it was quite a drab affair from time to time. Do you think Celtic have turned a corner now after beating Rangers? I just think the overall threat level of Rangers is is real, and Celtic won't be able to coast the way they did. Some of those games were. Uh, reminiscent Gordon Strachan used to have a lot of those games yeah. so really kind of the players had never met each other before <laughs> the game and it was surprising obviously the standards wrote so there was a lot of games like that last season I'd be amazed if it was the same I think there's a lot of guys on the fringes that might get opportunities these games between Europe League play well I would fancy Celtic to be too much or something but as always you get a bounce when a new manager yeah. comes in I think a lot of the players maybe were alienated under stubs they'll be desperate to show that they want to prove they're good enough for St Mirren and good enough to compete in the Premiership so that should be a good game I think Celtic especially the next month or so could do with getting up ahead of steam domestically I mean last year I don't think they won three games in the, the bounce no, last didn't. season no. which is incredible you think about it really um, so they need to build up ahead of steam I think Celtic could do with some really kind of impressive performances just to get 
mean, I mean, obviously there's a, still, still got the kind of the, the boost from from beating Rangers, but they still need to get some some momentum on the home front. I think um, the points drop last season was unacceptable for a Celtic side. Really, was yeah. it 11, 11, 12 games out of uh, so a third of the games? I think he dropped more 13, points than Ronnie Dyer. Oh yeah, no, I ended up yeah. wins, twenty-four wins in the league last season, and that wouldn't win. So the, that wouldn't win them the league this season. So a third, no. a third of the games they dropped points in last season. Yeah. Um, Listen, it was still Ronnie uh, Dyla's both There was the feeling that points. there was yeah. the feeling that they could have kicked on and, and won a lot of the games that if needed to. But I think just in terms of the entertainment factor for punters, I think exactly, aye. especially the home games. I think I think but the home games last year were, were fairly grim at times. Yeah, I think the Hamilton game still hints towards that. I know it ended up one 0 and without Dembele, even with uh, we did quite well. That's what's good. Good well before we mentioned <laughs> this, and then we had, I think we did quite well. But I think that Who? problem still exists. Where Celtic at times struggle to break teams down at home especially. I think away it's been slightly easier, but then tail end of last season, there's a few away games that were uh, tough watch as well. So we'll, I think, we'll wait and see. It's Friday night football. I quite enjoy the Friday I night football. I enjoy that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see St Man under their, their, their new gaffer, uh, Owen Kearney. And, um, I remember speaking to him a few years ago actually, but I think it was during one of these um, Kenny Shields scandals when he was involved in. And he's, 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 um, Kenny's his father-in-law. And he was, he was telling us about how Kenny would be sitting around the, even at Christmas dinner and he said, didn't he just have the salt and pepper um, formations on the table? He had the turkey involved as well. He's <laughs> 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 shifting the turkey. <laughs> I don't know who the turkey was, mind you. Um, so it's interesting, he's still like a nice guy. Um, uh, I think he's taken, he's, it's a big step up from, I mean, he's done really well in Ireland and, um, but it's a big step up. I mean, I think he was a PE teacher till last week. Did I read that right? Was yeah, it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Part of the part of the decision to take the job was to, to, to quit his job as a teacher. Aye. It's part time. Um, I think people forget that sometimes. But the, the Irish game, would, awesome. we've done it before, mate, and got Irish managers and realised, and they come from part time football to full time. So he's going to have to adapt to being a full time manager. Um, but as everyone you speak to seems to, to rate him really highly, and this is a chance for him to make, make an impression. Um, like I said, Martin, it just fell apart very quickly under under Alan Stubbs. I think, um, by all accounts, did the the Brian Clough set your medals in the bin routine. That, that was that <laughs> was we all, we all know does it work. That was peculiar, wasn't it? How quickly it all seemed to collapse for something. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think that's old Brian Clough. Took, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care how you won them, <laughs> um, which is a bit of a gamble with a team that was going up with me. Brian Clough is probably a hard guy to follow as well. He's pretty unique the way he kind of goes about his work. So he was well loved at St Mirren. They all loved him. Yeah. As it's well. what I was saying about about Rogers and, and, and Scott Brown. You can uh, yeah, they hug these guys. I got to put the boat gun through them. He went for the boat gun <laughs> option. Oh, that's true. And the ones they bought in weren't that great, so um, they've got a lot of work to get back to, to um, where they were last season. Um, but I, I think Celtic were too strong for them. If, if you think after the, you know after the international break, but let's see how I think this is an important game for Celtic to show that they have turned the corner because as we we all know that they can turn it on against Rangers. But like you were saying, it's, it's, it's these games sometimes that you need to, you need to carry that momentum and carry the performance through. And, and show that you're, yeah. you're really here for the yeah. The, the, pro- the problem itself too is perception. I mean, uh, yeah. I think if, if people were told at the start of the year they'll, they'll have a, a thirteen million pound seven and a half on loan, they'll make twenty odd, twenty million pound for Dembele. Um, I think, and, they'll, yeah. and you'll keep, and you'll, you'll sign Edward for a club record fee, um, and you'll keep Cham, uh, maybe Boyata, etc. I think, I think most people would have thought that's that's a good window. Yeah, but because of the, the absolute shambles to get to that point, I think the perception is that Celtic were in crisis and they're struggling. I saw against Rangers; that was the same team that beat Rangers five 0 last yeah. year. Um, 
it could do with a wee bit of fresh nut, everybody knows that. So there's Rodwin and Rogers. But they're, they're still in decent shape. They're still weighing, weighing above the strongest side in, in Scotland that was shown in the last game. Um, but they need to get head of steam up. Yeah, um, I agree. And just to, to alter that perception, I think, that's, that's, that's their, their, their first task. That's all from us. We'll be back next week with more news and analysis from all things Celtic. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can tweet us at record underscore sport. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review and a rating for us as well. Thanks for listening.